Thanks for joining us for Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are a fellowship committed to knowing community as God's family and sharing the food from our table with others. Every member of Christ's family should be well-nourished from God's Word, and in that Word we find all we need to live good and God-honoring lives. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. And now here for a brief introduction is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 today in consideration of the verses 8 through 10. Let me read to you verse 8 now. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. What we are taking to mind is the progressive movement of saving faith, and we note that such faith calls us out. It calls us to leave things. And then such faith calls us to places we've never been. It calls us to follow, trusting the one who placed his call upon us. Jesus actually said the same things. This is radical. This is how radical the Lord Jesus was. He understood who he was. He understood that he was the creator God come in the flesh, and he called upon people for this complete commitment to leave and depart from all other things to follow him. He said it in such radical ways that it was utterly offensive because he was, in a sense, ripping from them their allegiance to anything but himself. He was taking from them their sense of identity in anything but himself. And so Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, the multitudes are wanting to follow him. They're thinking, this is the Messiah. We'll follow him. He'll be our king. The Lord Jesus addresses the multitudes in this way. In verse 25, it says this. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, this will surprise you. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What's he saying? He's basically saying this. I must be the one you love. I must be the one that you put at the center of your being and your meaning and your purpose. You must leave all to follow me in the life of faith. There was a strong way of wording it. We know actually the Lord Jesus loved his mother. You know, when he's dying on the cross, he spoke to make sure that someone would care for her. We know that he loved his brothers because we understand that after he died and rose again from the grave, that he went to visit them and speak to them. They had a special place in his heart. But they were not the center and they were not the identifying point of his life. Not to be for us either, or else we'll make an idol out of them. Just having said all that, I also want to just tell you that Jesus, when you follow him, will oftentimes call us to walk away from something that seems good, something that's not bad in itself. Not everything that Abraham left when he left the Ur of Chaldeas or when he left Haran later on was bad or wrong in itself. They were just things that owned Abraham's identity. And God wanted to own all of Abraham's identity for himself. Think of the home he left. Think of the people that he left. Think of the comforts that he left. The long time that was spent cultivating a place for himself in a community all the relationships that he had developed, the web that went beyond himself and extended out to others, and all of this God called him away from. Have you ever thought about that? Sit in your home one day, 
Usually what happens is we left our mother and father and we left their houses when we struck out on our own and we got married and actually it was kind of a blissful time. You know when all we had was a hot plate and a 10-speed? You know? There was something good about that. But what happens over time is we start accumulating things. And not only do we accumulate them, that, that we accumulated them because they caught our eye. We thought, well, that would be kind of nice. I'd like to put that picture up there. You know, I'm tired of sitting on this couch that someone gave me. It's time to send it to the dump. That would be a better couch. And we keep upgrading and... Before long, we've got all kinds of stuff that we've accumulated. And because we're thinking about our retirement, we start accumulating stuff for our retirement, a plan as well. And there's all kinds of stuff. What would you do if God said, leave it all? Leave it all and follow me. Oh, well, I left it once when I was a 10-year-old. You know, I left everything I had when I was seven to ask Jesus into my heart. I left it all when I was 18 or 20 or 21 or what would you do now? God is always asking us to let go of anything that we have established in our life that becomes the point of identity for us so that our identity will always be in Him. A life of faith begins with leaving and it goes forward always with the possibility that there's something more that might be left. If in any way it keeps me from following hard after the Lord Jesus Christ, if in any way it keeps me from finding my identity in Him, there must always be this kind of calculation that runs through our mind. There must always be, or regularly be, I should say, a moment in time in our walk with the Lord Jesus and our following God when we say, yes, God, I'll leave that too. I'll be willing to leave that too. I want all my identity and all my life to be in you. Here's the second thing. The second thing here is that Abraham didn't know where God was leading him. He went out from a place, but he didn't know where he was going. That's number two. The next progression of faith is not a movement from, but it's a movement to. God takes you to points and places, and at the same time, he takes you in directions that you don't know, and he doesn't even really tell you what the destination is. You don't know all the things that God wants to lead you to. You only know who it is that's guiding you, and you follow him. And faith will require a leaving, but it will also require a following, a regular daily following. What am I saying here? You don't get to go ahead of God. You don't get to determine your outcomes in the life of faith or your own destination or the route you're going to take. God does. God ultimately does. God gives us almost immediately after we come to Him and we believe in Him and we trust in Him and there's this burst of new life that comes in us. He gives us dreams and visions of greatness. Nothing is more wonderful than being a person whose life was filled with things and possessions and actions and things that began to rot us away and only seemed to echo out in the emptiness of our lives. And then the day came when we recognized that the only thing that could fill the great void in our life was God Himself. The day He came into our lives, all of a sudden light went on in the inner sanctuary of our heart and our rooms. What a joyful, glad moment and what an empowering moment. Boy, we thought you could do anything at that moment of time and you dreamed of doing anything and great things. It's always what happens. When you come to faith in God and trust in Him and you reveal that now you're not worshiping the little trinkets of life you're not worshiping the little idols and gods of this world, but that you are worshiping and you're a worshiper of the God of all creation. That God is with you and you're with Him. You begin to dream big things. You have great desires and longings to live out a life of promise and blessing. And he grants and He gives you those desires, but then God doesn't tell you how you're going to get there. He just says, follow me. And you go. You don't know what the plan is. 
I remember when I was starting the Ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism a number of years ago, I, I actually put myself in a number of precarious positions because I stuck my neck way out. A wise man who cared for me and was interested in me said, where is this all leading you, Joel? What are you doing? And I remember my answer to him. And you know, sometimes you give an answer to somebody and it comes quickly off your tongue and you forget about it. But other times it comes quickly off your tongue and you never forget it because you realize that you just declared a truth. And it sticks with you. And my answer was, I don't know. I feel as though I'm on a raft that's caught up in the middle of the current in the midst of the ocean. But I know this, the current is the will of God. And I'm writing this out. I don't think Abraham was distressed because he didn't know his destination. Not if he was living by faith. You don't need to know the ultimate destination. You don't even need to know the route if you trust the one who's guiding you there. Faith obediently leaves and it obediently follows. Here's the next movement. By faith, Abraham went to a place that he was to possess. We read here, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. So number three, God leads you into places that he would have you possess and faith goes in. You go from, you leave by faith. You go to, you follow by faith. You go in, you inhabit the places God brings you to by faith. There was a wonderful man who has had a tremendous influence on my life. He was a missiologist. He raised up young people to go out from Canada to parts all over the world. You can imagine when they got to those places, they weren't as nice as oftentimes, most of the time, from where they'd come from. And so they found themselves longing for the wheat fields of Alberta or the mountains of British Columbia or whatever it was and all the comforts that they had in North America. And he had one bit of advice for them, and it was this, wherever you are, be all in one place. When God puts you to place and when God leads you to place, inhabit that place. Don't be there and be thinking, oh, but if I could only be here or only be there. Giving that advice to my kids as well. Oftentimes they find themselves in some situation or some place and the very first thing to do is think about how can I get out of here and get to a different place. And listen, God is leading and God is directing. Inhabit the place God has you in. Be all there. Don't be half-hearted in any place. Now, he had to go into... This area, this place that God said, now this is the land I'm going to give you to inherit. That doesn't sound very difficult, actually, living where God places you. But here's the difference. God says to us who are following him and living for him, I'm giving you this house. I'm giving you this job. I'm giving this city to live in. I'm giving this neighborhood to occupy. I'm giving this place that you are to inhabit. Doesn't God's word, by the way, say that the world is all of ours, that all things are ours? You'll read that at the end of... 1 Corinthians chapter 3, all things are yours in Christ. Everything. He said, this is all yours. Look at it. I'm giving it all to you. Matthew 5, 5 says that the meek shall inherit the earth. This is your inheritance. We're walking on land that is ours to possess. When God took the people of Israel into Canaan land, just as he had taken Abraham years before, Deuteronomy eleven twenty four says this. God gives this promise to them. He says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. It's yours. You're going to inherit this. Now, that doesn't sound difficult or hard, but here's where I'm getting at. God says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm taking the place I'm going to give you to possess. But here's the catch. Here's the catch in the life of faith. 
when you get to that place, when we get to those places that God gives us to possess and says, here's the place that you are to inhabit and it's yours, but I want you to live there like you're a stranger. I want you to live like you're a foreigner and a sojourner in that place. I don't want you to sink your roots in too deep. I don't want you to lay your foundations too deep. I actually want you to live all your life kind of like you're in a tent, temporarily there. Because even though I'm giving this to you to possess and inhabit, this is not your full possession. This is not the epitome and the answer of everything that I'm going to do or give you. So don't settle in too deeply. So Abraham went to Canaan. And what we discover is that he lived all of his life in a tent in this land that God told him was his. And that he not only lived it just for a short period of time, but he lived it through his life and all the time that he was raising his son Isaac. And even as he was raising his son Jacob. They lived as strangers and sojourners all the time in this place. God never calls us to live in this earthly life as if we have gained our final possession. Some of us will remember the song, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore, and I won't live at home in this world anymore. Well, there's truth in the song, but not entirely. We are to possess without possessing, to hold without holding on to. We're to claim, not as a conclusion, but as a hope for something more, far more that is yet to come. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.